0: So John White here with um, Stories from the Revolution. And today, um, I have the privilege of introducing to everyone uh, two of my friends who are not in America. And they will share with you where they are in just a moment. But just again, the overview of what we're doing is our sense is that there's literally a spiritual revolution that is underway around the world. Something that God is up to. And one way to talk about that is that he is he's, uh, changing the paradigm or the way that we think about church and the Christian life. So there's sort of the, the old way of doing things, and there's an increasing number of people who are sort of saying this is not working. The way we've been doing church really is, is not working for me. It's not helping my faith, and they're moving into some new paradigms of, of church. So uh, I want my two friends today to um, share with you about that. And the way that I know them is that we are on a leader team together. Uh, In Luke 10, once a person goes through Church 101, the next step for those who want to be a part of it is a small group, usually four to seven people, that uh, meets um, usually every other week. And it's a place of support and encouragement in sort of the new paradigm. And uh, in Luke 10, there are 25 or 30 of these leader teams. So... Without further ado, um, Neil, why don't you start? Why don't you just introduce yourself? Who are you and uh, where
1: are you? Yeah. Uh, Hi, John. Thank you. My name is Neil Bradshaw. I'm from uh, London in the UK, and uh, I have a wife and three children, three teenage children, and uh, been a Christian for 25 years.
0: Okay.
1: Thank you. And uh, your friend, Alex. Alex, introduce yourself.
2: Yes, well, Alex or Alessandro Guglielmi. <laughs> you might understand that from my accent, I'm from Italy, actually from Milan, <laughs> and um, I am. I, um, I actually, uh, well, I live in Milan since '96. Before that, I was in London for a few years, where I actually had this conversion to Christianity. You know, to a profound you know relationship with jesus and uh and, and Neil and i got to know each other exactly in uh, 94
0: so a while ago you've been friends for a long time
2: yes that's right oh, by the way, i have two children too well children one is six foot four and <laughs> <laughs> but you know they're uh, 20 and uh, 17.
0: gotcha so uh, i'd love for you guys to talk about how did you uh, discover Luke 10 and what was it about Luke 10 that drew you uh, to become involved?
1: Yes, I can start that off, John. Um, it actually occurred, it start, the starting point was uh, just about two years ago, and I was actually talking to Alex on the phone. And uh, Alex mentioned there was a, a person, man, in the church that I used to attend. Who was interested and involved with house church and I said to Alex can you give me his can you give me his contact details I'd like to ask him if he knew of anywhere which provided a course or online training for house church for because about ten years before I've been reading various books pagan Christianity and felt as though they had very good points they were making, although they didn't really give a way forward. So that's the, that's the sense I had. And uh, so I got in touch with this, uh, with this person, and uh, they said they didn't do any training themselves, but they did know an organization which did, and that was Luke 10. What well, uh, So, I, so yeah. I went on the website straight away and signed up for Church 101. Okay.
0: Now, you're, you're part of a traditional institutional church in London. Yes. What, what was happening inside of you that um, drew you to want to explore the house church idea? Um,
1: it was the, the fact that I was, I'd experienced and I knew that there was more possible in terms of fellowship with one another and with Jesus and uh, just felt there was more intimacy available and the the church i was part of a, a church which has has blessed me and my family greatly for the last 12 years was leaving me feeling a bit dissatisfied and wanting to search for more in a way that i felt other people i sensed weren't feeling right hungry uh, for something amazing. more sorry hungry for something more Yeah. Okay.
0: Alex, how about for you, your initial uh, what your, uh, encounter with Luke 10, what was that like for you?
2: Well, uh, as Neil mentioned, um, the the whole thing started for me hunting, if, if I can say that, for the house church as um, as an issue, because I'm part of a Church of Christ or International Church of Christ, depends <laughs> the way people like to call it. And uh, and I can, I have to say I'm actually within the church I'm pretty satisfied you know I, there was no an issue within the church. My issue is that I live in a country where I, I you know I'm Italian I I know a lot of friends who are thirsty for spirituality and I felt powerless living in Milano. I mean I travel a lot as well, but you know you you one person you can do much by yourself, and so I I wanted to find something that. Could help me to establish some kind of relationship, you know, to to create a network which, uh, you know, could start even from remote or, you know, you know, I really was desiring something for my friends and I didn't find a formula before, so that was my my search, and um, well, you know, and the rest I I'll, I'll tell you later, but was, you know. W- when I find out about this, this guy he was doing some house church uh, research and personal, you know, and then, you know, then was Neil who introduced me to Luke 10, basically, and uh, that's it. Gotcha. But that was the background uh, in, you know, in my life.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll hear more about that in a moment. That's, uh, that's pretty cool. So, Neil, you, you found Luke 10 and signed yeah. up Church 101, the, our basic course. We call it sort of the the front door to the Luke 10 community. What was that like for you? What, what did you find there?
1: Um, well, we had the, uh, the weekly meeting online and uh, the homework as well each week, which was, the meeting was 90 minutes and the homework was about 90 minutes looking at videos. And I must say, I was totally delighted with what I saw and the fellowship that I had. And it was uh, great fun Um, and quite healing as well, actually, to find other people. I realized that I I was uh, in a place where I needed people to listen to me, which uh, you, John, were very good at and very helpful just to be listened to in a way that people understood. And I felt as though not many other people did. And uh, I did have that feeling am i going crazy here seeing um having a different perspective on christianity than most of those people around me it was a delight and wonderful to come across people who uh, had a similar viewpoint and i felt also that the the teaching certainly of uh, the church of two immediately i thought well i've experienced this myself i know this is true and to have a biblical Basis behind that was uh, was very helpful. Yeah,
0: and and what was the next step once you finished Church One Hundred and One? Where did where did the Lord take you from there?
1: Um, well, I went uh, I went pretty talk about being crazy. I went pretty crazy myself, and I thought I've got to tell everyone this, okay. and uh, so I actually started a few uh, Church One Hundred and One groups myself and uh, facilitated them incredibly poorly. No. Doubt. I did do that. And uh, so that was part of it, but also I was invited to go along and continue with uh, the leader 101 group, which was a natural progression really, because they it really just came out of the, the, the people the people I'd met on the Church 101 group. And uh, again, that was very helpful, because there's a lot more to discover. Uh, than than merely the Church 101 group. That is just a starting point, but just to have that support group was is actually necessary yep. if you're going to progress. So that was great to have those guys there to uh, to talk and to share joys and sorrows with.
0: Yeah, uh, Alex, how about for you? What was the? How did you actually begin to get involved with Church 101? Was that something Neil took you through, or how'd that work? <laughs>
2: i I would be totally honest um, i when I started was um uh, I was certainly very curious, and I felt there was a great occasion to reconnect with Neil, so that was my honest and I, I, probably I even mentioned it there was no secret of that and and my first reaction you know because the course is not that long it was um lukewarm in a sense or you know, in on the first place because by nature i always been very people oriented and relationship and talking about emotion so the sachet was great if i said well you know it's naturally this is me anyway and uh and so i wasn't i found it interesting i wasn't super enthusiastic and uh and so i i let's say i i did it in a pleasant way no, I wasn't that excited as Neil but uh, at the end of it I um, I decided anyway to apply with a bit of skeptic- skepticism with my friends you know uh, different people some in Venice some in Verona in other cities and and physically uh, with a big commitment in my church with a lot of things to do and also job and whatever you know wasn't it was already intense to do with several people outside Milano and some people within the church. And and let's see. And then I was, let's say, drugged by Neil in the leadership group <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> but I'll tell you later what you know, probably you no, know, i do not want to anticipate what was the reaction. I mature later, but maybe I can I can wait for that
0: Okay, Keep going with that because what you were looking for was a way to connect with you had know, a lot of friends in Italy and other places. And a way to connect in a deeper deeper way that created that intimacy in the relationship but also with god so what did you learn from church one one that helped you to do that
2: well as i you know as i said my initial skepticism was linked to my you know uh, approach with people which has always been very much emotional in in, in, in a sense of connecting to their heart so i felt I don't need a tool, if I can call it like that. Instead, it took me probably three months. I, you know, that I realized that this practical, you know, sachet. I, at the beginning, I, I, I found it. I'm not saying legalistic, but you know, you know, probably uh, outside my way of expressing myself, you know. And instead, it really created some incredible. Um, Dynamics with some people, especially with some people that are by nature very uh, introverted or shy and also with myself really gave me a pattern of um, create intimacy you know the truth is that through this process after months you know with different people and i'm saying when i say different people i'm saying physically six seven people and of those six seven probably three with a much profound intimacy you know uh, really created the the this the, um, a place a safe place where you can really go um, even a deeper level of intimacy talking about stuff and really uh, a sense of peace of talking about anything because, you know, the the heart of man is full of secrets, full of, and, uh, you know, when we talk about confession now, I'm not saying that confession is the big point, but, you know, we are complicated, you know, people sometimes, you know, we lose the heart of child and instead this intimacy really help us to open the heart, really develop a... You know, really expressing anything really, you know, some difficulties, anything, because, you know, Sachet, probably one day is great, but the other three, usually, like, the emotional, more like the negative one, you know? <laughs> and so, and it's great because it really helps to overcome and to, to and you look forward to the next one, you know? So, you, you when you do that, it's really a, a positive virus or drugs or whatever, you know, in a sense, you really need another dose. So... In Luke 10, we talk about two
0: rhythms of attention, learning to pay attention to our own hearts, my heart and your heart, and then Jesus's heart, right, really? And so what you, and the, the practice, the way we kind of put that into practice is the simple little tool that we call checking in with sachet. And what I hear you saying is that when you first went through the course, it was kind of you know, lukewarm, but as you begin to practice this with your friends, you were almost surprised or shocked to find out that it created a safe place that allowed for much greater intimacy to occur in those relationships. Is that,
2: am I saying that right? Yeah, perfectly. And uh, if I can just give another piece of information, you know, the spectrum of my friends, I would say everyone had some spiritual desire, of course, you know, but, you know, some, let's say, have a, a real Profound walk with God, you know let 's say some kind of church member committed in years and with even knowledge of Bible, but some other weren 't really people with a particular uh, kind of um, you know yeah religious, but probably don 't even go to church or anything like that and so but with desire of uh, taking, getting out their spiritual part you know and so that was incredible in many ways you know because it really is a tool that applies to all kind of people because there is a, we are all spiritual beings and so we will need to, you know, do that. And so it's that in that sense is great.
0: Beautiful. Thank you. Neil, back to you for a moment. Um, again, these two rhythms of attention. So for us, that's sort of part of what the new paradigm looks like. The, the revolution, if you will, um, what are places where you have seen that to be helpful, either in your own personal life, your, your family life, um, your church? Thinking of, of your friend from India would be one example of that. But what, what comes to mind when you think about how that's being fleshed out
1: in, in your world? Um, <clears throat> well, it's helpful in... Uh, it's definitely helpful in the family. Now, they all my, uh, all my children... And wife know, and have been trained in sachet, um, and are accepting of it to a greater or lesser degree. Um, but that's that's very helpful because it cuts through. It cuts through uh, talking about things which may be uh, pleasant and profound, but it really really gets through to what is going on in your heart at that moment. And uh, so that's been that's been very uh, very helpful. Um, it's been very helpful to talk to, um, try to talk to Alex about twice a week, in terms of, uh, and we would uh, ring each other up before work, and just share what's going on, and and it would be the first question is what is your sachet, and immediately you uh, you know we're immediately you get straight down to to business about what's going on in the person's heart which is a wonderful starting point. Um, I've had, uh, I've had uh, a very wonderful journey as well over the last year with, uh, with someone who did come along to uh, the church service on a Sunday morning. And uh, he, he was uh, very quickly became a Christian. He's from Indian Hindu background. But uh, since then he's gone on to uh, Church 101 and it's a wonderful way to uh, to have a sort of Paul Timothy relationship as well because I've been a christian twenty five years he is is uh, uh, learning about his new faith and uh, but to for it not just to be a dry academic process, but to again to connect with him, try to maybe meet up again sort of twice a week connect with him but again it's that first question what is your sachet is the starting point yep. not uh, not the end point so that's been uh, a wonderful a wonderful uh, just a, a great joy to me just to have that relationship but to you to intertwine it with sachet has been has uh, been fantastic because you get to a deeper level with uh, where someone is at uh, so quickly
0: you know, it strikes me we're using the word sachet, but people listening to the podcast might not know what we're talking about. So, mm. uh, Neil, you, you want to unpack that? That what, what is sachet? What is that,
1: <laughs> what is that about? I'd, I would love to unpack that. Sachet is a mnemonic, which is, uh, which is a six letter word, not as you may expect it to be spelt, but it's S A S H E T. And they represent six emotions. Um three positive, three negative the three negative ones is s a s sad, angry, and scared, and three positive ones are happy, excited, and tender and the 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 idea is that you would just ask someone what is their sachet, what is their predominant emotion at that moment over the last twenty four hours what 's been what 's been uh, happening in their heart. And uh, it takes a bit of practice, because to start off with, you may think, uh, as uh, sometimes people say, I'm just, I'm just neutral. And they, uh, But if you do actually reflect, there is normally a, a dominant emotion. And you don't have to leave it just at one. You, we're a mix of emotions. But uh, that's very helpful to start off with. What is your, What is the dominant emotion in your heart at the moment? And, you can uh, state that, and then with, with, uh, with, let's say, Alex, we would do that in the morning, and then we would listen to, to why that is. Why, why are we excited? Why are we scared? Why are we sad? And uh, it's, a, it's a great starting point to investigate what's happening in someone's heart.
0: It really, I think Paul in um, Romans 12 talks about uh, weep with those who weep, And rejoice with those who rejoice which is really a commandment um and and so this is a way if i don't know that you're weeping i can't weep with you if i don't know that you're rejoicing i can't rejoice with you so uh, sachet is a simple tool that helps us to be able to connect more deeply with people regardless of where they are and one of the fun things is a lot of this stuff translates really easily into other languages and cultures so uh, Alex, when you explain this in uh, Italian, what does what does sashay end up being in Italian? Uh,
2: now I'm emotional. Now I, I'm going to get messed it about. Sorry, Neil was very well prepared. Yeah. You know about <laughs> Now you let, let me ask her afterward because my brain messed up with this question, very academic. <laughs> so now I so I came are, from Italy if you want. But
0: what are what are the six? If you translate those six words from English into Italian, what are they in Italian? What are the words? Okay, so
2: fear—it's um, sad, uh, triste, sad. Yeah. So um, uh, scared, paura, uh-huh. which also fear. Yeah. Um, uh, angry, it would be arrabbiato. Uh-huh. Then excited. Uh, yeah, ex, uh, eccitato ex, 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 ex would be more, that, that is another meaning really in Italian. Uh, it would be uh, em, emozionato, so in expression of emotion. Yeah. Uh, happy, uh, contento, felice.
0: Yeah.
2: And the last one, sorry, because um Tender. Tender, tenero. Yeah. Uh, which so- sounds like, yes. So
0: it's really, <laughs> it's really fun in the context of Luke 10, you know, we've got people that are doing this in, uh, in Russian and Spanish and Thai and uh, all kinds. And, and, you know, emotions are sort of the human uh, condition. We all have emotions and learning how to connect on, on that basis is, um, yeah. is really fun to see. So last question. Again, people listening to this podcast um, are interested in the idea of stories of the revolution, that there's something that God's up to we think, in the world today, where he is restoring certain biblical values, uh, restoring a greater sense of intimacy and relationships with each other and with God. If there was, if there was one thing that you would like to say to uh, the people listening to the podcast, based on your experience, uh, an encouragement, um, something you've learned, an insight, any of those things, what, uh, what, what comes to mind?
1: Uh, for me, it would be if, uh, if someone 's given you uh, said you should listen to this podcast, I would highly recommend if you haven 't tried Church 101 to just uh, try it as uh, as John encourages us to he says to just treat it as an experiment there you go the five week experiment just just try it, and for anyone who 's listening to the podcast. Who may have done Church 101? I would encourage you to um, really consider asking your friends and setting up a, a Church 101 uh, meeting yourself. And uh, just, just, and I've I've done that uh, quite a few times. It doesn't need to be people who are local. I've uh, I've done that virtually via the PC.
0: And how many, uh, how many times have you led the course yourself, Neil? Would you guess? Um,
1: I've probably led it uh, probably three or four times
0: yeah so we kind of created it so that it's it's really pretty simple and once you've been through the course it's easy then to teach it to other people yes
1: but also just to say that I learned just as much from facilitating the course as I did actually participating so it's a wonderful way to learn more just by facilitating it and connect with people and hear their perspectives
0: Absolutely so
1: that, that would be my uh, encouragement to
0: people thank you and Alex, how about for you? anything you 'd like to say to the folks listening to this podcast
2: Well, a couple of things. First of all, I certainly would like to emphasize what I said before if you 're looking for profound relationship which sometimes churches can be very superficial, you know this is certainly a way to break you know, uh, stereotype, uh, you know. Uh, this is the, probably the most challenging things in, in in human being, but in churches which are supposed to be spiritual, is relationship, you know, where you really create that kind of intimacy. That is the most important one. And the second one, which applies to probably some kind of Christians who, have, who are seeking for more, who have a desire for mission, for vision, for growth, for you know, not just tending to a, a Sunday service kind of lifestyle, you know, the very core of the the, the Luke ten is a scripture which which mention house 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 of peace, you know, which is, and uh, you know the the story which has been uh, for me so profound and special. It's you know one guy which I've been establishing this wonderful friendship for the last nine months, you know, is in Verona, you know, a Shakespearean city. Uh, It's about an hour and a half from Milano. And uh, basically, in the past, I would really go for either a very worldly friendship, worldly in a sense, you know, going for a drink, uh, you know, pizza, or just talking about life, you know, connecting to what we like. And the other stream would be reading the Bible together but with the purpose of, somehow teaching him something and instead the, the great things has been we've been establishing almost a daily you know when i say daily five out of seven in the last nine months a relationship with sachet CO2 praying together connecting with sachet and it's been amazing the transformation because i've been to his house probably in nine months probably six seven times and his house has become a house of peace because his wife which is um you know this guy had a uh, mild background in religious background. But you know, we connected for friendship. Sorry if I get a little bit long to answer your question. Okay. And eventually it's a search for God, uh, and this this incredible friendship, you know, to really become best spiritual friends, you know, which is beyond their best friends. You know, best for spiritual friends. As brought him even to question his, you know, let's say Christianity, and you know, and yesterday uh, Andre's name was baptized in a big lake, you know, in the Lake Garda. And incredible thing, his wife, talking about house of church, sorry, house of peace, I made a mistake, <laughs> she started to pray with him and to share emotion with him as well. And so uh, I see this house in this little village near the lake, a house of peace, like Luke 10 is talking about. And so it's been a fulfilling for someone who, who, who like me, is searching for, uh, you know, this mission and it's fantastic tool really to reach in for spiritual people. So uh,
0: that's a great story. Can you, are, can you kind of pin down a place along the way with that relationship where you think he became a follower of Jesus or was it just sort of a natural progression of things?
2: I would say a natural progression in a sense, Andrea was a natural God-seeker, you know, seeking God. But the difference has been establishing this trust through opening each other's heart, you know, through such a share, through a real CO2 connection. I didn't question his walk with God because he was sincere. So we were really mating or whatever is the word, you know, becoming friends with, with this simple conversation because at the end of the day, we're talking about, was 15 minutes Twenty minutes, maybe thirty minutes a day you know uh, w- when we we spoke you know, and again i we met physically six times and uh and and so the and, and you know sometimes we had you know zoom or whatever skype call in the evening, and uh, you know, but there's been probably ten times again, not not that long, so it's been a progression, and the difference is this um c o two or sachet layout, if I can call it like that oh. made all difference, really. Uh, you know because we really talk about issue of very intimate things about forgiveness issue with his wife he need to forgive some stuff of the past and personal issue at work you know spiritual relationship with his colleagues and so there was a completely different you know wasn't talking about conversion or studying bible you know was really and then it was it came naturally later it was his desire but he had already a profound walk with god and that was pretty amazing
0: Alex, I think that's a great story, which characterizes, again, the new paradigm of what God is doing. So evangelism becomes not so much a, you know, here's a presentation and a person makes a decision and so on, but you build the relationship with him. You're sharing, you're checking in with sachet, you're talking about all kinds of things. and, And someplace along the line, almost hard to pin down, he becomes a follower of Jesus a very natural, very organic, sort of non-programmatic way. And I would just have one last comment, and that is that we found that uh, checking in with sachet is not only a great way to build relationships with non-Christians, but also, as Neil was talking about with Christians, it's a kind of a way of discipling someone where it just kind of flows out of life. Because as you're talking about your heart, the emotions that are going on, Almost all the issues that you might think were important in making disciples come up in just the natural flow of things. You know, it might be talking about your marriage or your children or your job or a hundred other topics simply come up, especially as a sense of uh, trust and safety is built in that relationship. So that story is it's a wonderful story. And you're saying he just was baptized, was it yesterday? Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. That's before right, the right. blockade you know we are in the coronavirus uh, era yep. so, here, yeah. and uh, we had the blockade we cannot now today i can even drive to his town because i'm i'm blocked in milano but we were in the lake yes yesterday morning Beautiful. yes yeah
0: well neil and alex thank you so much for taking some time to share uh these stories it's a it's a delight to be with you guys on our leader team and to kind of walk together, even though we have never actually physically been, uh, been present with each other. Uh, I feel like we're, we're good friends. Nonetheless, maybe you guys will come to the conference this year in Denver. That if we, assuming we have a conference, so it would be fun to see you someday. Uh, find out if you're really real people or if we're just talking on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk soon. Bye for now. Thank next. you, John.
2: Bye, John.